0: Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles, and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. And welcome, welcome to Game Changers Live. We're on our 51st episode. We just hit the, the 50 mark. Now we're going to kick it off on the 51st with some amazing content. And uh, we come to you each and every episode with leaders who've been game changers in their field. And uh, and my guest today is Ian Clifford, and Ian brings more than 25 years of experience in the fields of technology and marketing and has successfully led the Fuel Positive organization to global brand recognitions through its unique energy solutions. And from 2006 to today, he's raised more than $60 million in equity financing for the company. And they're doing some really amazing things that are changing the game in the industry when we're talking about carbon emissions reduction. So Ian, welcome my buddy.
1: Hey, it's great to be here, Sergio.
0: Hey, so you're coming to me from uh, the great country of Canada, up in the Quebec mountains. I'm down here in Miami, but you know, we, 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 the, the beauty of Zoom is we get to connect with leaders like yourself from all over the place uh, nowadays to hear about what you guys are doing. And so uh, before we get into the company, what I love to do is always kind of talk to you about what's your journey. And you know, we love to inspire other people on theirs. Uh, so tell me a bit about your background, kind of how you got to where you are.
1: Sure. I mean, it's been a it's been a really interesting and and varied journey experience through my life. I actually started my professional career uh, as a photographer. I was one of uh, the great really? Ansel Adams, yeah, one of the great Ansel Adams assistants uh, way back when I was eighteen.
0: Wow. So I was no eighteen kidding. years
1: old. Yeah, I was eighteen. He was eighty-four. Um, we were uh, in Yosemite and in Carmel, so I was experiencing. Um, not only one of the greatest photographers of, of certainly of the last century, but but also a tremendous environmentalist. Um, it, oh I, yeah, Ansel was deeply involved in the Sierra Club and founding of the Sierra Club. He uh, obviously his photography spoke uh, volumes to the preservation of of the outstanding beauty, natural beauty in this world, and that had a pretty. Profound effect on a teenager at that time. So I was really, really lucky. Uh, Just serendipity brought me uh, to him, and I was one of many who assisted him and and learned a tremendous amount um, through that exposure. But that sort of how how did
0: that happen? How how did you just kind of (laughs) walk into that opportunity with such a legendary photographer?
1: Well, it was interesting because I I had run into um, and heard of uh, one of his primary assistants, John Sexton, uh, a very amazing photographer in his own right. Uh, and met John in um, in Detroit years and years ago uh, at a at an exhibit of his. And he said, "Hey, why don't you come along down to uh, Yosemite, down to Carmel, and and help out? You've seen to you know you've got the passion, uh, you've got the interest, and and there, I think there's a lot you can learn through this experience." And this was uh, this was Ansel's nature. Uh, he just loved to teach. He loved to share um he was an incredibly generous soul and 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 that was again that was sort of set me on a course that that took me through a whole bunch of different iterations but i've always had um, you know an underlying and and passionate um, uh, interest and and desire to preserve this planet that or this tiny little planet that we all live on and and do everything i can to improve that so um, so that's that was really the genesis uh, uh, as a as a very very young photographer
0: it's very interesting how how the events of our lives, especially at a young age, tend to shape our perspective uh, going uh, forward, right that, that we take it with us our, the, for the rest of our lives.
1: Yeah, and keeping an open mind, right? and and letting things happen. Uh, I mean, I think so many people are are closed to change today and and cha- it, the future of the world is based on change. If we If we can't change things, we're stuck. And we are so stuck right now that change it's all about change. So again, which is one of the visions of our company is, is to make sure that we're doing things that can happen now. We're not looking 20 years down the road, we are looking at Mm -hmm. at technologies that that can can be implemented today. So that's a, again, that's a big value that has been carried through uh, really my whole life.
0: And so you 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 did that for a number of years, a few years well, with him. It,
1: it was a short. It was less than six months um, at the time because I was off to I was heading off to university right after. So it was a, there, I had this window yeah. of opportunity that I took, and then um, uh, studied photography. Uh, became a commercial photographer back in the early eighties had a, a very exciting and varied career. Um, but interesting. I'd always had an interest in electric vehicles. So um, I had, and this was always in the back of my mind. And this is in
0: the 80s when electric vehicles, I mean, that was we're talking back to the future type, uh, you know, exactly. space no, no, stuff no, that doesn't exist.
1: No one was even thinking about them. Um, but one thing through my career, it led me into internet marketing um, verly, very early on in the in the boom. Um, started an internet marketing company back in 1995. Uh, built that up through the whole wave. Um sold that at the height of the market in two thousand, in March of two thousand. Uh, and then I really um, took an early retirement at that point, but then was starting to think, what can I do next? and And this sort of nagging interest in electric cars came back to me. and and ultimately, my fascination became very much focused on battery technology, energy storage, fossil fuel replacement. Uh, and all of those things kind of uh, have have come together now in in fuel positive. Uh, which is a company now entirely focused on the future of fossil fuel replacement, and I mean wholesale replacement. This is not just a an additive that goes into a gas tank. This is this is the notion that we can run our vehicles on uh, on carbon free solutions, and I'll get into detail on that obviously as we as we chat.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so you you got into the electric vehicle space. So you were a, f- a founder in in one of the companies that was that was doing this early on.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I was a founder in, in Zen Motor Company, so this is goes back to 2000, 2001. So again, long before anyone it was even
0: way even before Tesla,
1: before, <laughs> like a, yeah, virtually almost a decade before in that in that sense. Uh, and we were building uh, neighborhood electric vehicles and selling them throughout, predominantly throughout the U.S. And we sold about a thousand cars, which at the time made us one of the largest wow. electric. Our companies in the world, um, but became very interested, as I said, in, in energy storage technology. So we started to invest in a in a technology um, being developed in Austin, Texas, actually, that was a solid state energy storage uh, device. Um, get became more and more focused on that technology. Uh, and uh, and are, we're still actively working on that actually with a group associated with NASA. So that's uh, that's one part of our business is of course energy storage. Uh, making a better battery Um, but about 18 months ago um, we were introduced to a technology related to carbon-free ammonia or carbon-free NH3 which is its molecular uh, name and started to think well hold on a second there is there is a technology available and um, from an intellectual property perspective being developed today that can effectively replace fossil fuels as a combustion material. And this was a sort of a watershed moment Mm. for realizing that this was a possibility. So we started our due diligence on this about 18 months ago. Um, We ended up purchasing the intellectual property in in April of this year. And we're now in the process of commercializing uh, commercializing the technology. Uh, And I'm happy to get into the applications of it, obviously. But this is how all of these bits and pieces have come together um In a company that is really deeply committed to um, to not only eliminating our carbon footprint, but looking at it across a spectrum of of industries and and applications.
0: And that really is the holy grail, right? it's It's eliminating the carbon footprint is is getting rid of the you know the the NOx and particulates that are out there and polluting and so forth. We, everyone knows that we've been very, very close to kind of breaking through, but this is absolutely another solution that lends itself to current equipment that's out there. It's not that you can change an internal combustion engine into an electric one very easily, but now you're able to use this uh, NH3 product as a replacement for gasoline,
1: yeah. Right. So let me I'll just give you a, a, a you and your your listeners uh, just a, a very short background on ammonia. So ammonia, uh, as a as an industrial product, um, was invented about a little over 80 years ago um, uh, through a an incredibly carbon intense process uh, utilizing coal or fossil fuel for the uh, for the creation of ammonia. But ammonia is a breakthrough molecule in the sense that. The utilization of it exists across all sorts of different industries. Uh, about 80% of ammonia today is utilized in agriculture. So it's an incredible fertilizer. NH3, of course, it has a very large nitrogen molecule surrounded by three hydrogen molecules. Uh, so not only is it nitrogen dense, it's also very hydrogen dense. And I'll talk about that in a second, the significance of that. But what it what it meant to, uh, to society through the last century was that we were able to produce enough food on the planet to feed people as a result of the commercialization and industrialization of ammonia. It was a central Mm -hmm. building block to agriculture. However, it has this huge carbon footprint. So for every every unit of, of ammonia produced today through traditional means, uh, it is the highest carbon producer on the planet, so it's never been looked at as an environmental solution. It's just used as a as an industrial solution um, because of its uh, because of what it is. So this is why the the um, introduction of the technology that we've acquired, which allows you to produce carbon-free ammonia utilizing sustainable electricity, water, and air, our systems can produce carbon-free ammonia. On site where it's needed, so our systems are modular. They're scalable. They're built on twenty-foot or forty-foot container uh, platforms. They can be transported anywhere in the world that they're needed. And as long as you've got a source to a source of renewable electricity, you've got the ability to manufacture and store uh, for your use uh, all the carbon-free ammonia that you need. So it's a it's a it's a a big paradigm shift from the way ammonia is obviously produced today, which is huge refinery type um, uh, uh, facilities. Um, it's centralized production. It's then transported all over the world. So there's a huge transportation footprint for ammonia. Our business model is complete opposite. We're saying that these small modular systems that fuel positive or manufacturing can be utilized where it's needed and when it's needed. And that's a much more efficient way of, of first of all, creating ammonia, but also, the only way, really sustainable way to create carbon-free ammonia as well.
0: Very interesting. So you're, you're, you found solutions where others only saw it as a problem, right? Correct. And that takes some different type of thinking and, uh, and like you said, a paradigm shift in terms of the, the approach uh, to this and the reputation that ammonia has had as being something That's producing carbon emissions and so forth is polluting, and you're able to find a solution where it was once viewed as a as a problem. Very interesting stuff, right? I mean that's that's where that's where the magic happens.
1: Well, that's where the magic happens, but it's also where change happens, right? Is realizing that we've got we all we know better ways to make things happen. We just have to. It's about implementation. So you've got to get away from this notion that. That, that the way we've done things in the past is the only way to do things in the future, that we, can, we have to improve things we've done in the past, but that's not the case. We can change the things that we've done in the past. We can do them in new and much more intelligent ways, much more sustainable ways, uh, and ways that are deployable and scalable around the world. Um, so in the case of fossil fuel replacement, Um, The interesting thing about ammonia is that it can be burned as a fossil fuel replacement. Um, Some of the um, earliest uh, NASA test aircraft were powered by uh, pure ammonia, incidentally. So it's a great fuel. As I said earlier, it has a huge hydrogen concentration without the problems that pure hydrogen have in terms of storage and transportation. Ammonia is a really stable molecule Um, It it can be, it's liquid at a a much lower pressure than hydrogen, uh, it can be, it's uh, liquid at about negative 30 degrees Celsius uh, compared to cryogenic temperatures for hydrogen. So in fact, carbon free ammonia is the ideal carrier for hydrogen in a hydrogen economy. So not only does it have its own role, but it also has an enabling role for the hydrogen economy, which, of course, uh, so many people are talking about around the world as hydrogen is the perfect fuel. The other thing, though, about ammonia is it's also an amazing fertilizer. Right. So agriculture. Right. Through the last century has been an incredible um, emitter of, of not only um, uh, not only carbon, but also other pollutants. So agriculture, of course, is looking at ways to clean up its act. So our systems uh, implemented on site on farms allows a farmer to produce and store all the ammonia they need for fertilizer purposes, as a carbon-free fertilizer. But they can they can transform their tractors and combines to to run on uh, instead of running on gasoline or diesel, those engines can run on pure ammonia. So wow. they can produce their the cost fuel. savings
0: could be huge. Not not only the you know the, the the carbon footprint, but the cost savings alone will should pay for itself.
1: Well, think about it, and and also think about the supply chain, right? So suddenly, especially yeah, you know, now, well, exactly. Who's who are so susceptible to supply chain fluctuations? On the ammonia side and on the fossil fuel side suddenly owns and controls their own um, uh, means of production right and they've got it there on site as long as they've got um, a a source of renewable electricity so it could be wind it could be solar it could be hydro it could be uh, uh, geothermal um, and, uh, and the neat thing about farms a lot of farms are perfect for their own solar array that could then be creating and storing their own mm-hmm. fertilizer and fuel. It's a, ammonia is also a great uh, natural refrigerant. Um, it can replace propane for crop drying. I mean, it's an incredible. Wow. That's i Incredibly versatile mo- uh, molecule, um, as a, as opposed to something like hydrogen, which primary use is energy. So ammonia covers a whole spectrum of opportunity that um, that other carbon uh, carbon uh, replacements. Uh, just can't even touch
0: now how is it that how does it work i mean what is the secret sauce if you're allowed to talk about it how do you actually make this carbon free and and how could they do it just on site what are the ingredients how how does the process work
1: sure well without getting into anything proprietary i and i'd have to illustrate it for you to (laughs) demonstrate it so it doesn't matter but talking it through um, well, the first, the starting point is to have a sustainable source of electricity. <clears throat> so, a carbon-free source of electricity is essential. So, if your yeah. if your if your electricity source is is um, natural gas or if it's it's coal, um, it the the end product will have a carbon footprint related to the uh, related to the carbon footprint right. of the it's electrical source. The
0: energy that's being used, yeah.
1: Right. So in Canada, there, there are multiple sources, uh, multiple provinces across Canada have virtually carbon free electrical generation through hydroelectric, mm-hmm. through wind, and solar. Um, uh, and it, the same exists in the United States, uh, but it is geographic. So that's one consideration. Um, then the inputs are water and air. So from the water utilizing electricity, you, you crack out the hydrogen. And from air, you basically extract the nitrogen. And then our proprietary reactor system, which is an extremely efficient reactor, runs at very, very, very low pressures and very low temperatures. So it's extremely energy efficient. It um, uh, then synthesizes those two materials, nitrogen and hydrogen, into, uh, into ammonia, uh, which then is stored as a liquid. It can be stored as a gas, um, but but is typically pressurized uh, and stored as a liquid similar to propane. Um, And it's a very stable, uh, very safe molecule. Um, It's, if you need to transport it, it's easy to transport. It's safe to transport. Um, uh, In a farm situation, of course, you'd be storing large amounts for fertilizer purposes. (laughs) Um, It's then injected into the soil. The nitrogen stays where it's needed. The hydrogen dissipates safely. Um, And that's how it's, again, how it's been used for decades on farming specifically. So, um, but the neat thing is you can also burn it. And if it's burned properly, it has no NOx footprint. It has, and basically the exhaust is, is, is water vapor. So it's this. Remarkable, rem- remarkable material, as I said, and and incredibly versatile. So the, the other application um, that we see, uh, we see, there's a whole bunch, but another one that is, is is immediate is of course transportation, and and we've talked about um, the ability to convert internal combustion engines to run on pure ammonia. So imagine a trucking company, for instance. So you know a trucking company today will have f- fueling depots. Uh, the diesel trucks will run in, they'll refuel in diesel, and they'll be on their way. Um, a, a depot could have a fuel-positive system generating and storing um, carbon-free ammonia. The conversion of a diesel engine, as I said, to run on pure ammonia is relatively straightforward. So the, instead of refueling on diesel, they'd be refueling on carbon-free ammonia, and they'd be on their way, So, uh, which is about as simple as it sounds. Um, this isn't about um, creating a hydrogen superhighway or or right. creating infrastructure that doesn't exist. This is all based on a modular, scalable technology that that we're building. I mean, we're building the the pilot systems right now that will be in demonstration early in uh,
0: 2022. And you know, what would a a gallon or a liter of ammonia cost? For the trucker versus, let's say, a, a gallon or a liter of diesel.
1: Well, it's entirely competitive pricing. Uh, this is the key: is that you want to make sure you're not pricing some material that uh, that has um, the, there's a huge cost up uh, up front in terms of right. uh, in terms of either the infrastructure or the uh, the cost of the material. Um, so it is the the it, it will be entirely competitive with diesel. But the other thing that is very interesting is that. Uh, uh, emo- carbon-free ammonia will also be um, eligible for carbon credits. So mm-hmm. this is the first time a fossil fuel replacement at this scale would be uh, would be um, eligible for carbon uh, carbon credits. So for every liter of of carbon-free ammonia that the end user produces, they're going to receive a carbon credit for that as well. And there's value in those today. I mean, the car- carbon credits there's a very very significant economy for that. We've seen that. I mean, Tesla, most of their revenue uh, has been based on, on selling carbon credits. Uh, whereas this, you're you're going to be generating carbon credits, but you're also going to be um, uh, producing a carbon-free fuel that will be utilized uh, in, um, in transportation. And the neat thing is it can be used across all sectors. It's not just wow. trucks. You can use this. There's a big push now for marine use, uh, replacing bunker fuel, which is one of the dirtiest fuels on the planet, with a with again with ammonia, um, the focus again. Everyone wants to get to carbon-free ammonia, but uh, but that's the challenge: is what technologies are going to get us there first? And 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 clearly, what we've got um, is uh, is shoulders above what our competitors have. Um, we've got an amazing team from a technology perspective. Um, the technology was developed by uh, Dr. Ibrahim Dinser and his group um, at uh, Ontario Technology uh, University just outside of Toronto. They're an incredibly innovative group. Um, So we have uh, the first patent uh, applied uh, applied for in June, um, and we have a whole subsequent uh, group of patents um, being worked on right now as well. So not only will the intellectual property be protected, but for us, it's also building these systems, getting them out in market as, as quickly as we can.
0: So the market for this is absolutely massive. How do you focus your resources and target? You know, here's priority one, priority two, priority three. What, what are those for you guys?
1: Well, obviously, uh, the, the uh, starting with agriculture uh, right. makes no sense. I mean that, that Low-hanging fruit, right? It's it's so familiar with 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 ammonia. So there's no learning curve. Uh, it had there's huge incentives to decarbonize agriculture um, uh, around the world. Uh, big, big incentives in Canada. I know the same in the states. So, um, so that's a great place to start. And farmers today, who are so, as you had pointed out, are so vulnerable to the supply chains that they rely on uh, to give them energy independence, fertilizer independence, uh, is a profound <laughs> offering. Like this is why. And the the big yeah. ammonia producers, they they can't answer that. They're not they're not in that headspace. Their ideas. Is, you know, slowly we'll transition to blue ammonia, then we'll transition to green ammonia and eventually it'll, you know, it'll be carbon free. We're just saying, you know, we just eliminate that process, eliminate the middle person in terms of distribution and give the, the as I said, the mm-hmm. means of production directly to that farmer or group yeah, of the margins
0: artists. are so small in agriculture. I mean, they they this would be a big help for them.
1: Absolutely, yeah, very, very significant, and and the, the, their margins are so tied to to these fluctuations in costs that they, yeah. they have no control over. So we're saying here's some here's some great control. So, um, so we've been working really hard uh, with the Canadian government provincially, uh, looking at um, where are the perfect pilot projects for the technology, uh, where are we going to get the most visibility out of this. Uh, and, um, we expect again, over the next, before 2022, we'll be announcing where those initial pilot projects will be, who's participating and, and so on. So it's a really dynamic time for us. We're, we're, you know, exploring all of these different opportunities and, and there's so much interest, which is just great.
0: Wow. You guys are doing some amazing things in the space, uh, Ian, where can, uh, people find more information about you guys? And, uh, and are you, are you listed on the Canadian stock exchange?
1: Yeah, we are both listed in uh, in Canada on the uh, Toronto Stock Exchange, the Venture Exchange. Our trading symbol is um, N Triple H. Uh, and we are on the OTCQB market in the U.S. under NHHF, like Frank. So very easy to find, very easy to trade. Uh, we were just uplisted in the U.S., so um, so it's very, uh, very easy now for American investors to invest in the company, which is important for us. Because, I mean, this is essentially a Canadian technology story, but we are very, very serious about exporting this technology around the world. Um, and and we're building it on container platforms really for that reason, right? so that it yeah, is easy, easy to, to
0: transport. Right?
1: We can deploy this everywhere it's needed um, and uh, and provide, uh, as I said, this independence that uh, that so many end users are are craving. Uh, we're all trying to I mean the, the the whole movement around decentralization is so significant and 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 vital. and we can see that. You know, when storms come through or other things happen, we're so vulnerable to right now with Ida. Yeah, well, centralized distribution is is a huge issue, and I imagine you had fuel-positive systems throughout the grid. It's also an incredible grid storage technology. So you've Mm -hmm. got if you've got excess wind, excess solar, excess geothermal, excess hydro technology or generation rather, you could be producing in your off-peak. Producing capability and storing carbon-free ammonia, and then firing up small turbines to to satisfy demand um, yeah. during t- during peak demand. So it's a it has a whole bunch of application across um, as I said so many different uh, so many different uh, technolo- technologies and end applications.
0: Fantastic, my friend. Hey, Ian Clifford, Chief Executive Officer of Fuel Positive Corporation. Check them out, guys. They're doing some amazing, amazing things. Thanks for spending some time with me on Game Changers, my friend.
1: That's great, Sergio. I really appreciate any time. Happy to to give an update anytime.
0: If you loved what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being a game changer in their lives.